Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast and we're in our 20th Teamless Tuesday. I'm your host Stuart Lord and tonight I'm joined by the return of Mitch Brown, our expert physio. You got rid of the lurgy. Yeah mate, all better and uh, happy to be back. Excellent. And unfortunately our uh, our other host Nick Lord, he's been called away uh, working hard for Martin Lord & Co Chartered Accountants. So, How's that sponsorship going there, Stu? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I keep I keep on uh, you know shouting them out, and they keep on ignoring my calls, which is bad because it's my own father. So <laughs> they're getting their own sponsorship right now. As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm sort of waiting. That's it. Oh, uh, f- fair enough, mate. Look, we, we can we can always advertise. Uh, you know your physio, mate. I just I just don't know. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Fair enough. All good. So, uh, anyway, guys, thank you for listening again this week. Uh, we got plenty on, so let's just crack off real quick. Uh, thank you, obviously, for liking and following the posts. Uh, obviously, listen to the podcast, but, um, yeah, and thank you, everyone, today for your questions. We'll get through them at the end. So just quickly, diving into the leagues, uh, my league this week went off pretty big. So Papa Don't Bleach, uh, 1,069, which is pretty good, Mitch. But I hear that you had a bigger score in your league. I did. Uh, so we've got NRL, FL, Gods, Warriors continuing to lead. Uh, but the top score of the week was Team Kakafugo with 1,078, Four. which last year is like... You know, that's 1,200 plus, really. Maybe more. That is that is an absolute monster of a score. That is. It's absolutely huge. Well done to you. Um, yeah, I did I did all right. I, I got cracked, uh, cracked a 1,000 this week, just. I thought I was really good, and then uh, drink water stunk it up for me. <laughs> Back to being stink water. That's it, man. Oh, it's just, you know. Uh, the Cowboys, I don't know what's happening there. Anyway, moving on. Uh other one is in the overall uh, I love the amateurs Wick uh, sorry I love the amateurs which is Will uh, Mikatia 1065 this week to take first place in our league and third place overall for all of the NRL so well done wow. to you uh, yep and heinous crimes is still lurking around at seventh so he doesn't really have a bad week now he's been up there for almost the entire season which is pretty impressive when you think about it, it means he's pivoted at the right moment Virtually every time. That's it. It's, his multi-streak keeps on going. Uh, awesome. And overall for fantasy, I've I've gained a few more ranks this week, up about 300 to 1814. Mitch? Mate, I, I continue to slide. The Caleb Ponga uh, head knock really hurts, so I'm out to 9,031. So pretty, pretty tough, mate. We're approaching Adam O'Brien territory right now. <laughs> I think Adam O'Brien, hopefully Adam O'Brien approaches Adam O'Brien territory at some point. Uh, I, th- I think the only reason why he's not sacked is no one wants to go to Newcastle. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Who are they going to get to coach out there? Andrew uh, Johns probably. That's it. Well, it's like who's who's going to uh, who's going to coach uh, both the Pongers? Anyway, oh, gosh. I, you might be coaching neither of them, but we'll get to that in a second, huh? That's it. Uh, all right, so. Uh, look, Nick isn't here, but he sponsored our shoe stats this week. So we've got a couple of big ones this week. Blake Braley for 60 tackles. Uh, Meters gained. James Tedesco and the Fox, Josh Adokar, both with 317 meters run. So that's that's a huge set of running. That's big by Teddy there, man. I mean, the Fox had two interceptions, but Teddy with 317, wow. 
Yeah, that that was a that was a game. They really tuned them up right through the middle. The Roosters are looking good, but they keep on taking injuries while they do it. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> okay, so the Fox had three tries. Teddy had three line breaks. Uh, Sam Walker three try assists, and Luke Brooks three line break assists. Luke Brooks actually looked decent this week. I guess he must be off to another team. Uh, Josh Papley with. Uh, five offloads Teddy with 10 tackle breaks wow and Dane Laurie almost won the game by himself four try saves that's got to be the most of the season I think mate I think there was a couple of weeks ago we had someone with three yeah um, that's that's pretty pretty good yep and only a couple of a couple of quick ones to rent us out kicking uh, Hunt Ben Hunt five force dropouts so, they decided to start rolling the grubber in mate we were out there it was Good to see they're actually having some proper fifth tackle options other than running the uh, the second rowers uh, to the outside man. That's it, or slow, slowly passing to the outside so the cover defence can uh, roll you over. No, excellent. They, they certainly did there, which forces the line to uh, hesitate. Uh, kick meters, Nico Hines in a losing side, but uh, did a very clear-esque 634 kick meters. Uh, negative, real big one, uh, Jesse Ramian four errors continues to take that uh, big boost we gave him a few weeks ago where we said he was going to be really good and then he sucked he is that type of player though right he sort of ebbs and flows and he's very capable of a 50 60 plus uh, point game so that's, he's just on a bit of a downturn I'm sure he'll pick it up in the next week or two for sure and yeah he's one of those guys who like you know the Panthers have been fantasy death for most people this year except for the halfbacks who do all the kicking <laughs> so that's exactly right uh, yes, yeah, so all good. Um, look, Mitch, let's k- kick over to you, mate. A few injuries this week. What's doing? Yeah, we got a few. So let's start off with probably the most brutal of the lot, which was the Stephen Crichton, and I've listed here, mangled ear. <laughs> um, they don't have a time frame, but I have had uh, plastic surgery for a similar type of injury, and it was about two weeks before I was allowed to play. Now, NRL boys, perhaps that he gets away with the week, but generally they like those stitches to be in there at least um, at least the week, but it could could well be two. So probably keep come an back eye with on the that. headgear too. I'm guessing for a couple of weeks. Well, that's where I think maybe you could do it in a week if you wore big headgear, but it just sort of depends. Like it, mate, it looked really quite bad. So definitely a week, yep. but but potentially two. That'll be a touch and go. And you know the Panthers are at no risk of losing their top spots. So. My gut feeling is probably two. Uh, Mitch Kenny, so he's a knee injury. They haven't currently listed how long he's out for or what it is, so very little knowledge on what that could possibly be. So we'll keep you updated on that with the socials. Uh, Cody Ramsey, so Stu, we saw this one live, and we called it live as a grade two MCL, and the Dragons currently are hopefully he'll be back in two weeks now. A sprain, to me, they've that, got it there. Yeah, so... A grade two sprain or a grade two tear are effectively the same things um, in Medico. Well, they're just using different vernacular. My feeling is either they're wrong and it's a one and it'll be two weeks or it is a two and it's going to be between four and six, which we see pretty typically for um, 
a knee injury. If I had pictures of him and he was in a knee brace straight up, that's a two. So if you if you see anything out there, guys who are listening, um, and he is in a brace, hit us up. But pretty well that'll indicate it's a two. If Cody's walking around without a brace, you can be pretty confident it's a one. Uh, either way, he's going to have a loss in performance for the next one to two weeks. Cody's a very lateral mover. Uh, so at this point, he's a sell because there's just not enough time for him to really yield enough benefit moving into the last few weeks of the fantasy season. Easy. Probably I'm, the most... I'm looking yeah. for uh, looking for pictures of him at training because that's not normally how we get these guys is yep. coming out of the car on the way into training. <laughs> Have a bit of a, see if you can find anything while I, I round this out. Will so, uh, Kalen Pong is the other one. He's concussion and currently listed out for this week. There's been a lot of speculation that he could well be out for the season. I really feel like this is a Luke Keary situation. So, once you start to get those successive concussions, my big suspicion would with that would be that there is likely some type of clotting uh, issue, and that's hence occurred, uh, causing those repeated concussions. The main thing we have to look for here is um, return to training um, and, and our expectation will be he's a week-to-week proposition. So if you have Kalen, given he's had the five concussions and I believe only passed two of them so far, I would suggest selling him um, the night season's over. They're probably not going to risk their million-dollar man. Uh, and it's a bit of a concern for Kalen moving on, Stu. I mean, they've signed him for a million dollars. I don't know if the Knights have any get-out clauses, but there must be something not quite right with his ability to cope with these concussions for these successive incidents. I don't know if you saw it, but to me live, it looked quite innocuous. I sort of felt as a Ponger owner that he'd probably come back on with that type of a head knock, but he struggled pretty well, badly. It was just a bit of an arm. Like it was one of those, like like more a hit across the face type thing. So if he's, yeah, if he's failed that, they said category two as well. That's very, very high for that sort of level of trauma. So... Not good news for Kalen and even worse news for the Knights. Um, that said, I suppose that if, if he did have to say medically retire, which it, it has even been thrown around now, which I, I don't think it's going to get to that this year, potentially next year if it becomes a recurring issue. But we saw with Boyd Corner how long that was drawn out. But I suppose they would get exemption from the salary cap um, space that he'd be occupying. Um, RFM, so he's got a rib cartilage fracture. So we've seen a few of the guys recently with rib cartilage irritations taking between one and three weeks to get back. For RFM, I'd be thinking somewhere between three and four, uh, and that could potentially be the fantasy season for him. So if you have an RFM as a player, uh, he's most likely a sell. Jerome Luai, so knee injury, and he's been spotted in a brace. Currently, we don't have either the injury or the grading, but if he's been spotted in a knee brace, more than likely a high-grade MCL, so we're looking at most likely a two, and he's going to be out until the finals, you were saying, Stu, so that's that four- to six-week period, which we'd typically be expecting for that type of injury. And they'd be happy for that, I reckon, give him a bit of a break. Yeah, and he just hasn't looked quite right since Origins, so (laughs) four to six weeks off might Uh, let him get a bit more healthy, right? He he did it scoring that try, I think, the last one in the Sharkies game, so the 78th minute one. So as he was going over the line, just a bit of downward pressure on the knee. The final one that we'll talk about, because Luke Garner, we don't have much information on, is Lachlan Fitzgibbon. So he's been injured with a shoulder. Again, we don't know what the injury is at this stage, nor how long he's going to be out for, but it does have big fantasy implications. Brody Jones is going to move to lock, and that will bring Mitch Barnett back to the second row. So a lot of people are looking to hold Barnett because 
His scoring at that position is absolute death, but with him moving to the second row, Stu, I think we can be pretty confident he'll punch out those high 40 to mid 50 scores, um, which would have him as a hold at this stage, I would think. For sure, you know, Mitch Bannon becomes much safer a proposition at on an edge, especially as uh, Kurt Mann's back this week, which means is that Brody Jones and Kurt Mann will trade uh, yep. minutes, which is awesome. Uh, there, it also possibly, I don't know who's kicking in the side, it could be Milford, uh, could be Mitch Bunner, in which case it's just gravy, right? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so probably probably Milford, but you never know. All uh, right, mate, that, that brings us on to the naughty corner. Oh, uh, yep, I'll, I did find something about, about Rams. I did oh, find did the injury, which is, uh, I had it, I had it. Uh, here we go. Scans have confirmed a grade two medial ligament injury. This uh, is for Cody uh, Ramsey? Yes. He'll be so, uh, sidelined for at least the two next rounds. Oh, mate. Uh, I would be shocked if we saw him this season. Cool. And playmaker uh, Jaden Sullivan, AC joint injury. Um, in uh, two to three weeks, AC joint. So I'm guessing. Yeah, grade so two. we'd be thinking probably grade two for that. Yep. Jeez. Yep. There we go. I'm starting to get the hang of this. Okay. Yep. It, it starts to become a bit of a formula, doesn't it? And then once you know the the position, you're good to go from there. That's it. Okay, we'll look a bit in the naughty corner this week, judiciary time. Uh, Viliami Kikau, uh, look, a week he got off. Uh, sorry, he, he got off with a fine, early guilty plea for a shoulder charge. Uh, Nelson Sofa solomona a $3,000 fine. So his next charge will basically just be suspension for Nelson. So that's really worth knowing about him. That's really only for draft, though. Uh, Corey Waddell uh, referred straight to the judiciary. I don't think we've heard about that one yet. Uh, that was for the eye, potential eye gouge for um, Ontino Fasil Malawi. So that's that's not particularly good. Uh, looking else, uh, what else have we got here? Uh uh, no, Corey Waddell has not gone before the judiciary. He's just been referred straight there. Uh, Ken Mamalo has grade one shoulder charge. Nelson Asafa Solomona, again, grade one dangerous contact. Another $3,000 fine. So he's been fined oh, wow. six grand for the same game. That's That hurts. Yep. That'd I'd, be most of his match fee, I'd have thought. Yeah, pretty much all of it. I, I reckon I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd take the two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, he still gets paid if he takes the two weeks, doesn't he? That's it. Matt Lodge, surprise, surprise. Grade one careless high tackle, $1,800 fine. Big one this week. Dal Finucane has been found guilty of a grade two dangerous contact charge. Now, looking on the NRL website as we speak, he's been found guilty of grade two dangerous contact suspended for two matches. Mitch, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think I think that's probably about right, mate. I mean, we've seen this all year, yeah. Um, it just they just it's just up and down every week. So mm. yeah, that's it. It's, it's a little bit consistent. They're saying here the panel considered the force, the high contact, and the players' lack of control of the impact. So yeah. I oh, know it just frustrates me, mate. We've been through it so many times. I just look at it and go, I just. It doesn't look hard to me to get the consistency, and it's why I just can't reconcile that. Look, and there's always going to be grey, and I understand that, but 
I just felt like he probably deserved a little bit more than that. But anyway. Yep. No, for sure. So, uh, oh, by, oh, by the way, it was dropped from a grade three dangerous contact to a grade two. So they did reduce it mainly due to the fact that Crichton lowered his body at the same time as well. So that's it there. Yeah. Uh, so look I, the, Sorry, yeah, Mitch. I thought it, I thought it was pretty brutal, to be honest. Yeah, um, it, it, in that like, oh, it, it was just it's just heavy contact, you know. Yeah, I, um, I I didn't think that it was like, and I'm a Panthers fan. I didn't think it was probably worthy of a suspension. I'll be honest with you. No, like, you know, I, yeah. I I didn't think it was worthy of a penalty. No, if I'm to be honest, uh, I, look, I don't know. I just I just feel like there should be more discretion. That's it, it. It's not hard to know that that wasn't a bad one. No. Like, we don't want to take the velocity and the speed and the punch out of the game. It's when you do stupid things like Matt Lodge would do that we're looking to, to come down well, hard. Well, that had a much more significant impact in a way. That's exactly right. But, or, or, for instance, the um, the eye gouging. They, sh- they should be getting hammered on that. But, well, I'm hoping anyway. it is. That we haven't been through that one yet. That's still before the judiciary. Yep. Which means we'll get at least four for that one. Yep. Unless, but unless, so we should. Yeah, for sure. The um, it's, it's something they could stamp, should stamp out. I think Dale's just guilty there of the head clash being so bad. Basically. Who have the Sharks got over the next three weeks? Because Dale is such an important part. He is, uh, and it, cause it, mean, and that it means that you don't have Cam McInnes running All off right. the bench. So here are the next three games. They've got the Rabbits, which that's no no easy that's game. Filthy. They've got the Dragons. They should win that, and then they got the Tigers. Okay, so that this that'll hurt them this week because the Rabbits are really starting to surge. They they really are straight up the ladder as well. So the uh, this could actually hurt the Sharks because they obviously they lost last week. You lose two in a row. Yeah, well, start- Sharks are sort of it's a bit of a log jam. So if Rabbits win this week, um, Storm will likely win against the Warriors. If the Rabbits won by 25, they'd leapfrog them. That's and it. the Broncos are also level. So the Sharks could very well drop out of the top four if they oh, drop this the, game. The Storm have got the Warriors this week, so they're likely to jump up again as well. So, yes, they could drop all the way to, what, sixth? It's where seventh, that Cowboys... Seventh if the Eels beat the Panthers. It's where that Cowboys game has such a huge impact because if they hadn't have won, they would all be languishing at about 26 to 24 points. So. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't want to talk about it, but mate, that's oh. exactly why they should be stripped those points. But anyway, oh look, I yeah. Well, look, let's get into that. So let, let's start off with the big one this week. Obviously, Kevin Proctor. You know, with all the fantasy impact that he's had this year, or the anyway, he's been let go by the Titans. See ya. So mate, I, I figured you'd be a bit upset by that. Oh mate, you know, I, I was ready to bite someone, but the. <laughs> the Anyway, the no, he, mate. All you have to do, he could have, he could have vaped all frigging game. No one would have noticed, right? Because he's not doing anything except he had to go and post it up on social media wearing a Titans jersey. Like it's he, he's one of the all-time great flogs, isn't he? I was just an idiot. This is the thing. It's like you know, you can call it a brain snap for Tommy Bid SJ, right? That's fine. But like this thing, man, it's just brainless. And he's thirty-three. Right, if you haven't got yourself together by that point, anyway, enjoy. Isn't Super- it indicative of what's wrong with the Tigers, though? Right, the Titans, or the Titans rather. Yeah, the, oh, it is. Oh, look, Malmaninga needs to be fucking sacked. It, it's I, I can't believe it. It's just, I, I know a lot of people like Mal, but the fact is that he's in charge of high performance out there, and there hasn't been high performance at all at the Titans. There's no high performance. No. So AJ Brimson may be the exception, but I'll be honest with you, he's a rep game 
uh, level player, right? Who uh, isn't playing at rep level. That's it. Exactly right. Because he's in a terrible team. Yep. yep if he, yep, if yep. he was in a good team, right? He, he would have, he would be playing, uh, he would have played state of origin head of Kalen Ponga. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, and he probably will be next to you too. If Kalen's head keeps on being busted. Uh, next one. Uh, Manly. Mate. Jerseys. Who would have thought that this week the big dividing issue in rugby league would be jerseys? It has huge implications, though. Seven of Manly's players and it's seven of their better players, from what I understand, are all sitting out. And it's and over something that I think that had the Manly uh, you know, powers to be actually thought about could have easily been avoided because, Stu, my understanding is Manly's the only team that's doing this. It, they certainly are. It's not like it's a... Um They've just kind of sprung it on the team. It's it's yep. the sponsor who happens to make jerseys, right? And it's it's not even for a particular round. It's women league round. I oh, know. Yeah, I, I I don't quite understand. I think it's for a great cause and it's really good. But we do know that there's some fairly uh, heavily religious players in Manly, and they have their values. And I think it's a shame that they're going to be you know targeted by different elements of the media. But they're their beliefs, and I think to a degree they should be respected and. I just think Manly's had a bit of a gaffe here from a, an organisation point of view, exposing these players. And gee, um, I, I had a few of my patients today basically saying they're betting the house on Manly not making the eight because this is the sort of thing that can uh, derail an entire team. That's true. And, and I'm having a look at this one. I'm really, because it's not just those seven, it's some of the replacement players also didn't want to play. Yeah. So, so it's up to like 10 or 11 players who could have been chosen. And that means that some of the people who've chosen not to play could have had the first grade debuts. They still turned it down. So that's, yeah. All, all, all I it just s- tells you that the, the issue runs fairly deep. And as I said, it's just something from an organisation point of view. You just run it by your players. Well, it's and, such a simple thing. Well, it's, it's reading the room. And I think the issue is corporate yeah. reads their own room, right, where it's all okay. But corporate isn't representative of the playing group. I think you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. They just didn't read the room of their team. Of the and, and if they're not reading the room, they're in the wrong. Because yep. and look, as far as it goes on this particular issue, I don't know. I, was, I think there's a difference between like you know being homophobic and, and just not wanting to support something that you don't personally support. Yep. So I would agree with that. But you know, apparently, you know, for uh, Peter Fitzsimmons in the Herald, apparently, I'm the world's greatest homophobe for saying that. So. You know, who knows? Uh, I hope you don't appear in the Herald tomorrow, mate. <laughs> oh, mate. I, I tell you now, Peter Fitzsimmons is such a flog. If I had to choose oh, between him, if I had to choose between him and rubbing out Matt Lodge and Jared Wehera Hargreaves <laughs> together from the game at the same time, you'd, you'd see both of those guys suiting up for the Roosters this week. If that was yep. within my power, Peter Fitzsimmons would be gone. But Oh, yeah. mate. Not a fan at all. Take off the bandana. <laughs> just get rid of it. That's God it. sakes. And the last one, the big actual football news this week. That do, were you watching the Tigers game? Okay, so the short answer is yes, I was. I sort of listened to it half through half of my run, and then came home and watched the other half. I turned it off with uh, one second to go because it was time to make dinner, and the Tigers had won, right? <laughs> if only I, the rest I, did I, that. I, I, I am not exaggerating when I tell you that story. So. Uh, it required a message from Emma to say, did you know the Cowboys won? And I said, that doesn't make sense. So, oh, mate. Uh, I, I don't understand how they can say they got it wrong 
but they're letting it stand. I hope they put a legal challenge. I hope Green Annesley gets fired. I hope they put a big broom through the entire NRL judiciary. And I hope, you, you know what I would absolutely love? I'd absolutely love if they got some, like they, they found someone actually good to put in charge, right? I'm just sick of hearing about the referees in the judiciary getting it wrong. It ruins the game, mate. And they do get it wrong regularly. And as you and I have said, I mean, we've talked about it the whole season with Nick. It's just inconsistent. And I, I know why they probably... The only way that the Tigers will be able to get this overturned is on some form of legal ground or something like that. But it would set a dangerous precedent to reverse it because then how far are you going to take it? But I really would love to see it reversed because it's so easy. There was a second to go. I mean, it shouldn't have been what referred is... to the bunker. No. But even if it was, it was an obvious non-penalty. Kyle felt he was smiling after he bloody well knew it. It was yeah. a bad call. It was a non-penalty and apparently... Um, the kicker was offside when he kicked the kicked the ball as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of things wrong there, and I know I, I kind of hope that uh, Peter Valandis would have a bit of a smile and uh, announce when Graham Manersley hopefully falls on his sword that they um, announce Phil Gould as head of the judiciary with um, who would be a great great uh, vice president of the judiciary Jeff Tindy? Andrew Johns. Andrew Johns. Oh, Andrew Johns and Jeff Tuvey as the, as the two commissioners. <laughs> oh, man. But look, I, I'll put you this way. I think it could be, be worse. No, it couldn't. This is, what we've currently got is just awful. So I would actually be supportive of it. Yeah. There has been one time, and you may remember it, you might even remember the team, where a team was stripped two points for a reason um, due to having an extra player on the field when a try was scored. Do you remember yes. which team that was? Oh, no, I don't, but I, I do I do remember what you're talking about there. So, so there are times where they've reversed it, but that was very yep. clear. Um, it was the Penrith Panthers. Ooh. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't like, remember that. Mate, oh, to be honest with you, there for a few years, it was like PTSD. You kind of just wipe it out. It took me to 2021 until I stopped thinking they were going to lose every game. <laughs> Anyway, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. That's like, a large like, chunk of your life, mate. Oh, it is. Like, it's, you know, when you stink from 2005 to 2018. Anyway. It's like St. George right now, stinking from 2012 to 2022. It's not been good. Yeah. And look, just before we move on to the games, though, I was thinking this the other day. Like, I was so filthy after, like, uh, Queensland won the origin, right? And I'm just like, imagine being like a Parramatta supporter and feeling this every year. Right, oh, in the semis yeah. or in the in the preliminaries or something, right? And you finish, and just like you just get so frustrated. You just like did, imagine. Did you see my ladder prediction that I put up in the group chat the other day? Yeah, uh, like pa- Parramatta are a real chance to miss the eight. Well, if they keep on doing stuff like they did the other day, they're a chance to miss the eight. So look, they've got a two game gap over the Roosters, but they they got to turn it on. If they win this week. If they, if they beat the Panthers, and there's probably not a better time to beat the Panthers this year, apart from the last time they did it, but if they beat them, they, they'll stay in the eight. Yep. So, yeah, big week for them. Anyway, look, uh, we'll go really quickly. Uh, things we got wrong, look, I've managed to uh, not be confident that I would be able to loop in time for the, between the two Sunday games, so I lost 20 points. Uh, how about uh, you, Mitch? Mate, my big mistake was bringing Ponga two weeks ago for Jacob Carraz. They were at the same price point, and I thought it'd be a good move to bring them uh, in because Caelan Ponga is a superior player, and Carraz has continued to spit out 40-plus points a game, and Ponga is out um, for the season with two. So Feels. that one stings. That's that's not nice. That stings, though. I guess, you know, 
right decision, wrong outcome. Yep, exactly right. But such has been my fantasy year thus far, but that'd be my big mistake for the week. That's it. All right, well, let's get to the games. A real quick, Seagulls, obviously a million people out. Um, Kurt DeLewis sec- and second row, Ethan Bullimore coming to the starting sign. James Seguiaro debuts for Manly on the bench. Wow. Uh, Jake Tavorovich, Hooker, Hooker Lachlan Croker, and backer Andrew Davey all back from COVID. Um, and you got some debutants, uh, Piero Secchi and Alfred Smalley on the wings. So very weak wings, concerning, because the Roosters, uh, Joey Manu's back, Joe, uh, Drew Hutchinson goes to the bench in that kind of 14 role. I know it's Connor Watson's also the 14 role, but really uh, Drew Hutchinson's doing a bit of that. Lindsay Collins returns from concussion. Matt Lodge goes to the bench and Terrell May, Aaron Kieran go off the bench. So, ooh, this is not looking good for nope. the Seagulls, even at home. Um, let's just, I guess they're hoping that the Roosters' bus gets caught on, uh, what, uh, Military Road on the way down there. That's right. Can't get over the spit bridge. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, look, let, let's kick us off. I'll kick us off really quickly, Joey Manu, because I want your opinion on this too, right? So his quad mate, how how are we feeling about that? His return to form this week, I'd be feeling pretty good, mate. Uh, quad strain is probably the lowest as far as impact on play. The big issue for a quad strain is kicking, which he doesn't do. Um, shouldn't be a ridiculous loss in speed or or agility, and particularly with that move out to centre, you'll see a drop in his overall load. So from a performance standpoint in the centres, he should be pretty good. My suspicion would be that he probably was nearly good to go last week. Mm. Yeah, I think they just took a took a week to get him sweet. Yep, because he's been playing in that five-eighth role, and probably the bigger consideration, mate, is he just hasn't played those sorts of high um, run meter and active sort of games. Sitting in centre versus five-eighth, where he's been very active, is a is a different game. I suspect they wanted to give him a bit of time off just to let him recover and and get used to it. That's it. Well, because yeah, he plays at that same speed, but with all the room in the world to move. Yep. I, I guess after playing centers, being in the middle must be like, ha-ha, I can step off both feet. Yep, exactly right. And he looks so much better there. I mean, he's probably one of your top five best players in the game, and he sits in friggin' center. It's a bit yeah. of a waste. It's, it's, oh, man. So many teams would want him uh, and chuck him wherever. Anyway, uh, come to the Panthers, Jerry. Uh, but anyway, look, 778K, 26 break even. And look, he's I've always got him as a sell next week just due to the fact that he's worth so much money. But, you know... Kind of just kidding because he's also one of the best three centers that you can have in your team. He, he also has a 26 break even and he plays with Luke Keary, who's a concussion magnet, mate. Just hold. Yeah, exactly. Wait for the concussion. Exactly. So we're just holding, waiting for the halves to have an issue and hopefully for him to play a bit more of a Tommy Turbo role, just following the ball. Though yep. the next guy I'm going to talk about, James Desco, does do that. He just stalks the ball and then never, ever passes. So James Tedesco, <laughs> uh, in fact, you could probably play a game, like a drinking game, where every time he passes it, you drink, uh, when he's near the opposition, and you'd be sober. But yep. it's 741K, 88 points last week, 38, six break even, 10 tackle breaks, and it's the last chance to catch the Teddy train. As the Roosters, they're in the eight, and they're going to be pushing as hard as they can to stay in the eight. So, because yeah. uh, really, it's this uh, seventh, like, the Eels are on 24, and then there's eighth spot with four teams on 20 points. 
Yep. Roosters, Seagulls, Raiders, Dragons. The Roosters need to win and keep on winning. So Teddy will be going ballistic every week. There's no rest for this man. Nope. All, all the Roosters team. That's it. And last three of 65 is promising. Uh, apart from that, mate, uh, Nat Butcher. 541k. He got 54 points. He's got a 46 break even this week. He, you know that he's a high 50s, low 60s player. And he, the only reason he got 54 last week was because he got 15 minutes off due to a HIA, yep. which he passed. So I've got him as a buy. Yep, I'll be doing the same. Yep, very strong buy. Uh, he's a really good cash down option for like you, you know some of those bench options because he will score very similarly uh, as long as you're happy to burn the trade. Uh, other one, Connor Watson. So Nick here just wrote Connor Watson is a trap. And I don't know, Mitch, how do you feel about that? Connor Watson is a trap. Why is he a trap? Talk us through it. Uh, look, mate, it's just it's just to do with the minutes. Connor Watson, week to week, he's uh, a utility role. We don't have any confidence in where he's going to be playing week to week, nor the minutes. And then on top of that, if you look at his spread of points through the season, he's just been far too up and down to look to pick him up uh, with five rounds to go. There are better options out there. Uh, I think like for like, Connor Watson's actually more expensive than Nat Butcher. And yes. Nat Butcher is almost guaranteed to, to get us 50-plus points a game. So I'm um, just looking it up now. Connor Watson is 546K, or uh, 96K rather. Yeah, Nat Butcher. That's, it's more to the point there's someone better out there, right? For sure. And the only reason why you buy Connor Watson is if you're a shorter hooker and there's better options out there too for that. So if nothing else, last week, Connor Watson made 41 tackles. The week before, he made 16 and he played uh, seven. Uh, he played more minutes. Uh, it's just yeah, you ju- you just can't trust him week to week. Uh, he's not been playing badly, but yeah, you just can't trust him. Uh, next one is uh, Mitch. Who have you got here, mate? Mate, I got DCE just quickly at 849k. 50 points last week, and he's got a 58 break even. He was playing in a team that got fairly handily beaten, uh, and that was the St George Dragons. Some concern over the fact that DCE is going to be playing with an undermanned uh, manly side. But the thing about DCE is, like Ben Hunt, he drinks the entire milkshake, but he does know how to find his way around the park and avoid demerits. I think, you know, look, an 849K is probably not going to be spitting out 60 or 70 point games without seven of those players. But my suspicion is that Manly will sort this out in the next week or two, and he will be able to... Um, get back to the type of form that we used to with Cherry Evans. Whether Manly get it together or not, I don't know. I would expect a down week this week with seven players out, but I feel like they'll have this sorted over the next week or two, yeah. and DCE will be fine. So I think he's a hold, right? I think I, I, I wouldn't hit the... DCE can perform. Oh, there are a couple of games earlier. I think he's the only one to crack 65-plus uh, um, against the Panthers. Like He's one of the best scores against the Panthers all year. That's it. He is. Uh, he and the Souths uh, boys were there. Uh, um, Cameron Murray was the other one. C- C- Cam Murray and uh, Damien Cook. That's it. That's it. Yep. So, so uh, the DCE other... can play under all circumstances. It the other... was 63. Yep. The other good one is that uh, Hamoli Olukwatu, who we'll get to in a second. I'll ask you about him because he's not playing this week. But I, he had that busted ankle. He'll have a week off to rest it this week, and then he'll be getting the good oil from DCE, right? 
what sort of ankle injury was it? Was it a lateral ligament? Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was a lateral one. He played through it the rest of the game. Yep. So he just he just was you know only scored eighteen because he was busted. Yeah, I'd expect him probably uh, to have one more down week. So probably not next week, but the week after we'd be looking to get on him. And and one way or another, his break even will be a, a bit more stable at that point. So probably not this week. Okay. And or you, next week, I'd be looking the week after. And if you owned him, would you get rid of him? Uh, it would depend on your trade capital and what you had as coverage. So if you have the trades, I probably would this close out to the season, particularly if you're a head-to-head and you have big qualifying games coming up. Um, but if you've got good backup, I mean, Hamoli's a 60-plus point a game player. So if you're able to cover, then maybe just and cover because he'll be right in two weeks. He will be, and they've got some soft games coming up and they'll need to win them all. So he'll play big yep. game, big minutes. Yep. Like, and he has to play full tilt like James Tedesco. That's it. Uh, okay. Uh, looking forward. Okay, who have we got winning this one? I think. How much have we got the Roosters winning by? Uh, mate, I've got the Roosters by 20. And I've got them by 16. So, yep, look, I, I think that's pretty consistent there. I don't think they'll get absolutely reams, but um, I think that the Roosters will do a pretty good job. Uh, they'll probably walk away with another injury, though. Uh, it was bad to see Tupu at the end there, ice on the calf uh, last week. Anyway, moving on. Uh, game two, Warriors at home. Melbourne cross the ditch to Mount Smart. Uh, Reese Walsh returns at fullback. Chanel Harris Tavita to five eighth. Desern Arce drops to the reserves. Jesse Arthur's is out on a, with a thigh strain. Marcelo Montoya goes to the centres. Edward Cozy, oh jeez, mate, comes on the flank. He got cut for like eight weeks last time that he played the Storm. So that's how badly you played. But anyway, good luck to you, mate. What's happening with the Storm, Mitch? Uh, so Craig Bellamy has kept faith in the same in the same starting 13. I really don't think he has much choice. Uh, while Jordan Grant replaces Tom Eisenhuth on the bench, as was named last week before a late switch. Excellent. Okay, Mitch. Uh, Tohu Harris, what are we thinking? Mate, look, I think we talked about it about a month or so ago when there was a lot of chatter about Torhu and we effectively said to keep the faith. I think Torhu's really each week getting better and better. He's sort of sold between 50 and 60-odd points a game. My suspicion is he's just going to continue to improve, particularly now he's back home in New Zealand. He's looked the goods. Uh, I've, you know, I, feel, I still think he's a good value at 673K. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I'm a big Torhu Harris fan. And the fact, yeah, the fact that they're playing at home and the fact that he's playing such long minutes now. Yep. So And it, and looking good. Uh, certainly uh, the previous game uh, where he had a couple of tri assists, I thought he was back to his absolute best. I think he punched out 65 or 66, uh, not last week, but the week before. Oh, he got um, 68 or, against the Tigers, 65 yeah. against the Eels. So he, he's looked good. And I think we sort of said that about a month ago. And my opinion on it hasn't changed. In fact, at 673K, I think it's still a good buy. Mm, for sure. And look, and they've got a very up and down schedule for the rest of the year. So, you know, he scores well on either team. Uh, look, I've only got a real quick couple. You and Aitken, uh, look, 31. You can forgive him for a game where it was a game of two halves. Uh, so you and Aitken is a tackling machine and he didn't tackle much in the first half. So they're getting trounced by the Raiders in the second half. So expect plenty of tackles versus the Storm this week. Uh, He's second best, best second best center in the game at the moment for mm, fantasy. For sure, yeah. Just leave him alone. Uh, like, and the fact that his base is thirty-one, right, is actually pretty forgiving. 
Uh, we've also got Cam Munster. So 790k, 53.65 break even. So he lost a few points on the recount, but I'm expecting a big week this week against a relatively soft side, uh, especially as, look, Jerome Luai seems to have lost a step. I don't know whether it's this year. I don't know whether it's because Cam Munster's taking more ball and not as injured this year. But Jerome Luai is not quite 2021 Jerome Luai. And so uh, Cam Munster's drinking more of that milkshake. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. I really think it is Cam Munster has elevated his game and has more control over the team. And exactly as you said, he's drinking more of the milkshake. It's not even that Jerome Luai is a step slower. I think Cam Munster's just taking his game to another level and he's leading this storm side around. Whereas previously, certainly 2020 and 2020 round, my impression was um, uh, that it wasn't Munster that was leading his round, leading them around. He was kind of chiming in here and there. Whereas... Uh, Hughes really has seemed to take that back sort of backseat role and popping out the back as Munster did. So it's almost as though they flipped roles. Yes, and that's what I was thinking is that, yeah, uh, Hughes is very much more running. He's playing like a 5.8 at the moment. So, yep. yeah, a bit of concern there. But look, so Cam Munster, I've still got a buy rating on him. Uh, Harry Grant, very big call on him. So 55 break even, uh, sorry, 55 points last week, 53 break even, 59 tackles. Uh, the only issue was the eight missed tackles, which hurt him. Uh, still another week, still cheap. Almost got like a couple of tries this during the game and a try. So that would have really ramped up his score. So if you can't afford or already have Cook and Robertson, great time to get on Harry Grant. I've got him, so, you know, but I'm just happy the fact that he's, you know, scoring above 50 and he's got the 80 minutes. Mate, he looks the good, so if you don't have him, get him. That's it. He's not looking injured for once, which is nice. Uh, look, I've got the Storm winning this one by about... It's actually, it sets Mount Smart. I don't buy 24. I'll go by 14. Uh, what have you got? I think it'll be much closer. I've got uh, Storm by two. Storm by two. Yeah, there you go. I must say the Storm has stunk it up a bit, though last time they won by 70, so who knows. They just don't look that team, though, mate. They, they look True. five de- strides slower. Well, they look five players shorter than they were when they last played. To be fair, like I'm having. Yeah, a- I just I, they've just hit threshold. Um, they're out of the premiership race, and I think they'll be lucky to lucky to win their first finals game. Mm. Yeah, they're certainly struggling. Uh, next one, big game of the rounds: uh, Eels versus Panthers at Bankwest uh, or Combank Stadium. So out of Parramatta, uh, eight p.m. So what's happening with the Eels, Mitch? So, so for the Eels, Bryce Cartwright returns from a rib injury on the bench with Jacob Arthur dropping to the reserves. Man, I guess you just hope that he's not on the bench and gets booed as well. Um, poor bloke. Oh, that's <laughs> he, rough. The coach he probably needs to get by his own club. fans. Oh, mate. He, yeah, it's, it's a bit rough on him, isn't it? I think it's tough, and I don't think it's the coach's fault in this instance, to be really honest. No. I, yeah, I don't know what you do about the Parramatta fans. All those years of bad disappointment that just <laughs> it's not even toxic at this point it's it's uh you know especially if you've grown up not remembering from when they were successful uh the next one is the panthers look stephen Crichton's out with the ear laceration rob jennings comes in jerome luai's out probably till the final sean o'sullivan comes in at 5-8 that's interesting moses leota has been named in reserves after his late scratching with that hand injury 
and Charlie Staines comes onto the bench for Mitch Kenny. So he, look, I think Charlie Staines is there probably as a placeholder. I reckon Leodor will come back in. Uh, so, big one. Question for you, Mitch. Cleary. Yep. So he got a 65, yep. only one line break assist, and which is good news for owners. Uh, how do we? How do you reckon he'll go with Jerome Luai out and Sean O'Sullivan in? I think I think he's likely to have more points, mate. I think he'll take even more of the duties as a halfback. Uh, that said, Sean O'Sullivan tends to play a bit more of a Cleary-esque role. So perhaps with O'Sullivan in, we might see Cleary taking on the line a little bit more, um, looking to move laterally and have a few more tackle busts, hopefully a few meat pies. I think for Cleary's fantasy scoring, we might actually see a little bit of a bump in points because Sean O'Sullivan, as I just said, tends to be more of your traditional style halfback. Um, and because of that slight double up, perhaps Cleary goes into more of a, a five-eighth role in conjunction with what he normally would do at halfback. That's it. Well, let's hope that he drinks all the milkshake, right? I oh. think he'll drink all the milkshake and some, right? Oh, wow. Well, if that's the case, if he's playing both sides, that'll be very good. Because yep. if he's running on four, or like three or four, and then even if Sean O'Sullivan's five, yeah, the um, with the Cleary nerf to kick metres... Uh, obviously running the ball's more beneficial these days. That's exactly right. It's the one thing that I don't think uh, has quite come back this season is his ability to run and attack the line. He was much better last year, and I just wonder if there's that little bit of hesitancy. So as a clear owner, I wouldn't mind seeing him have a good game with the footy in hand. Hmm. Awesome. And look, I've only got a couple of really quick ones for this one. Uh, Look, Mitch Moses, we know, is a flat-track bully. Dylan Brown still keeps on sliding. He's priced at around 48 at the moment. So Dylan Brown is like the softest of soft buyers, but only if you believe in the eels, which I'm not sure that anyone does at the moment. I never did. Nope. Sean Lane does keep on going from strength to strength, though. So he he has put in like some really uh, decent games lately. So he's... Nick flagged him about a fortnight three weeks ago, didn't he? That's it. Cracked out of 71 versus the Broncos. Uh, uh, that's a good score in a team that got absolutely towed. Well, yeah, he beat Isaiah uh, Papali. So, by a point, but he still beat him. Uh, so, yeah, look, he, he's doing very well there at the moment. And he's getting quite like quite a few good um, offloads in. So, uh, Sean Lane's still the sneaky pod. Uh, but the big one is I know that uh, Nick for this one had Isaiah Papali, you know, with his 70, is also a super, super strong buy if you don't own him. Yep. Certainly when he's not playing in lock, he's almost a must-have in your team. He and Cameron Murray, you've got to have him. 70 points, right? He got 70 points with no attacking stats. 37 tackles. Oh, sorry. They they did get a few attacking stats. Seven tackle breaks, right? So a couple of errors, and he... Uh, three offloads, right? And a turnover tackle. Like he's just and a bunch of running meters. So he's just he's just a monster for getting through work. Uh the last one I've got here, Isaiah Yo. So thirty five points last week, but I don't know about you, Mitch, but the Sharkies seem pretty strong in the middle. So I reckon it's that's a bit of an aberration for Isaiah Yo. Yep, agreed. They're probably the best uh, center other than the Panthers themselves, right? That's it. 
uh, very strong in the middle, especially with uh, Dale Finucane in there and Cam McInnes, like just a couple of really fast bodies around those big bodies like Fafita and uh, Hamlin Newaley, Royce Hunt. Uh, so anyway, so look, I expect Yo to bounce back this week, keep the faith, and final one, Reed Marnie. I don't know about you, Mitch, but it's a bit of a decision time for owners. So 34 points last week. Now, the question is, if you want off the ride, there's not many places to go now, are there? If you're on the ride, you're stuck on the ride. Just ride it out and hope that uh, the eels get hot and Reed Marnie gets hot with them. Yeah, for sure. You just yeah. You that's just... that's how I feel about it. It's it's really that simple, isn't it? Yeah, you just got to hold. Like I, I'm an owner. I'm holding. I, I'm I am too. Playing. I'm holding for the season. It is what it is at this point. Yeah, I'm almost considering looping him this week though. I'll see how we go. That's <laughs> not a bad option. Yeah. Uh, though it is pretty concerning when you're looping a 600k player um, alright look I've got the Panthers winning this one by 4 yourself I've got them by 4 as well mate it's always close this game it is and it'll be a cracker out there get out to that game out at Parramatta if you can I'm going to try and make it uh, out there because yeah it's it's a should be a game really worth watching uh, then Saturday games Titans versus Raiders out at Seabus What's happening with the Titans, Mitch? So for the Titans, Tino Fasolo Malawi shifts to prop. Aaron Clark starting at lock. Isaac Liu shifting to the bench. Uh, Jane Campbell is again on the bench. Brian Kelly comes in for Corey Thompson in the centres. Patrick Herbert shifting to the wing. Kevin Proctor has been released. No idea <laughs> sorry. why. I, I left that one in there just so I could say it again. <laughs> uh, and he, he's off to Super League, I'd imagine. That's it. Uh, look... The Raiders are unchanged. Uh, yeah, James Schiller isn't named at all. Obviously, that ankle is worse than we thought. So uh, that's pretty much it there. So, Mitch, uh, Fogarty, what are we thinking? Look, mate, it's someone you talked about coming back from injury that eventually he was going to be a buy, and he really has seemed to have gotten control of this Raiders team as their, you know, top-tier half. 76 points, two tries, two line breaks and five goals. He's an absolute start of a player. Uh, this was one of Nick's ones and he wrote in that he's one of my favourites and he certainly is. The Raiders have one of the easiest schedules uh, coming into the last five rounds. He's a very interesting um, pod buy and I have felt like the Raiders were always a bit of a fringe sort of contender this year and I think coming into the finals they're looking about as healthy as they have and I think they'll push for a top eight spot. They certainly will. They're, they're one of those teams on 20 points, so eighth is certainly a possibility for them. Uh, all, all right, so, yes, yeah, so Jamal Fogarty, definitely a buy. Uh, how about Joey Tarpany? What are we thinking? Yeah, another quick one again. We raised this one a couple of weeks ago. I think at this point it's almost too late to get on Joey. Uh, I think you might have raised it about three weeks ago, actually, Stu. Uh, so he's at a 1.1 PPM, which is absolutely ludicrous. He's playing between 50 and 60 minutes, so similar sort of minutes to Josh Papali. He is an absolute stud. He's taking his game to the next level. He plays well when the Raiders are attacking and defending lots. He's a great tackler, but he's also a very, very good ball runner. And once again, fourth easiest run coming home, and the Raiders have to play full tilt. So you'd expect Joey Tarpany to, to be going balls to the wall here. So um, if you feel like you've got, if you have the cash and you're looking for someone other than, say, a Payne Haas, Joey Tarpany's not a bad option, but he is fully priced out. He certainly is, um, because like he's showing that, you know, 
his base has been very good. So he's uh, since really went on that run from round 11. His lowest score was that 51 against the Storm. And he's averaged, what, 65 last five. So That's right. Though that's, that's propped up by that 94 still against the Broncos. Uh, all right. David Fafita, Mitch, 63 points with a try, but otherwise just a ton of baseline stats, 37 break even, and he's playing outside his old schoolmate Tanner Boyd. I reckon he's a buy. Mitch? Seem to have lost Mitch. Mitch? You there? Nope. Okay, keep on going. Sorry, mate. Sorry, the uh, mic went down. Um, I have a question for you to throw it back to you uh, because I do think David Fafita is about as low in price as he's going to be. Who would you rather, David Fafita or Payne Haas? (laughs) I could get either, but probably not both. Yeah, because my brain says both, but the answer... Let's have a look here. So, Remembering that David Fafita plays on the Titans. He does play on the Titans. I'm checking to see the Titans got, because remember also David Fafita is possibly one of the most effective flat-track bullies of all time. So they have got the Raiders this week, the Storm, who aren't quite the Storm. they got the Seagulls. Last three, Dragons, Knights, Warriors. Oh, okay. oh gosh. So, okay, so, so for head-to-heads, for head-to-head, if you all know that you're going deep, uh, Dave Fafita is looking like a very good buy. Now the Broncos, so, you know, having a look at our good friend Payne Haas over here, he has this week, they've got the Tigers, which is pretty soft through the middle. Then they've got yep. the Roosters, Knights. So Roosters, not great. Knights, pretty good. Uh, at Suncorp, uh, Storm, Eels, and then the last game versus the Dragons. So it's it's pretty much a mixed bag there. I I probably get Fafita for forty two grand less, uh, and roll the dice if you're if that's where you're at. Uh, Payne Haas if you just want reliability. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, I, and I think that's just it, right? Um, if you're willing to roll the dice on a team that hasn't been great, David Fafita at six hundred and sixty k is as cheap as you'll get him. He's also probably as fit as he's going to be this season. <laughs> he's had those two MCL strains. We said he'd take a few weeks to get going. He is now going. That's it. It's getting good ball off Tanner Boyd, and uh, look, his his ceiling is the highest for a forward in this game. It just is, um, because he gets the ball and he's just that type of player. Um, he can he can run, get forty points in a single play. Uh, look, another guy, another Fafita, Jojo Fafita. Look, I sent a few guys talking about him this week. He's three hundred k. He's probably a bit too late for him. I'd go find someone cheaper, save save sixty or eighty k. Um, if you really must have someone who must play as your coverage, uh, Jojo Fafita does look very good, and it looks like he'll keep that spot. Um, Aaron Clark, very quick one. 608k I've seen a few people talk about him uh, it's played so well he pushes Tino to prop so that's a that's a pretty good big call on the part of the Titans it could be Justin Holbrook just trying to keep his job uh, but the big thing about Aaron Clark is that his last couple of games he has got a 76 and a 58 but at 608k I would say go get Nat Butcher save yourself 60k I would a thousand percent agree with that. Aaron Clark feels like a trap to me. 
Yeah, that's it. And at the Titans, I think they're just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks before they all get fired. Yep, agree. Awesome. So, look, in this game, I have the Raiders. I've got them by 16. Uh, Mitch? Mate, they haven't won big all year. I've got Raiders by eight. That's true. They haven't won big all year. I'm just hoping they, they blow them away here. Uh, all good. Uh, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. game. I'll be at this game. Uh, Sharkies versus Rabbitohs. So, uh, Sharkies, uh, Dalfinukin is suspended for two weeks. So, that cha- will change things. So, it's probably Cam McInnes at 13. Uh, maybe something like Aidan Tolman joins the side or Cade Dykes. Uh, so, that's that's the big changes there. Uh, what's happening with the Rabbitohs team, Mitch? Uh, Mark Nichols is out with Dave Daniel Sulukafida coming into the starting front row. Tane Mill will bid to return from a finger injury via the reserves. Yeah. And look, I, I guess we'll just quickly mention Sulukafida because a few people will be interested this week. He's priced at 220k, break even of 32. There's worse cash out targets. Uh, look, you can never play this guy really, but look, you can choose him. He's not necessarily the best looper, but he will play. Uh, so yeah that's pretty much it for him but Mitch what's happening with Luttrell look Luttrell again I wish I was here for last week's podcast because Luttrell has defied all my expectations mate he has come back to the NRL with a different mindset whether or not his hamstrings 100% which I I do not believe it will be for at least another uh, off season and pre-season he has taken the Rabbitohs from a fringe top eight team to a team that could actually contend for the premiership. He looks absolutely destructive. I brought him into my team and for the first time in about four years, I haven't regretted it. Um, Latrell, super spicy pod. Uh, you just got to be conscious and cautious with the fact that I still don't trust that hamstring and anything could happen. But attitude wise, Latrell looks awesome and I'm hoping to see another preseason and off season, he can take it to another level because he would probably become the second best player in the NRL behind James Tedesco if he keeps this sort of pace up. That's true, especially if he stays fitter than Tommy Turbo. Uh, all right, so then we got uh, Blake Braley. What are we thinking there? Yeah, Blake Braley, a bit like what we said with Torhu Harris with the ACL. Obviously, the Achilles is a different injury. Um, uh, no, 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 Blake oh, sorry, Blake Braley. The, sorry, the Blake Braley. Um, no, no, he's, he's looked good all year, mate. Um, I've... Felt like he's been one of those under-the-radar players. Uh, the Sharks have looked really good in the middle. Probably the one thing I would say is that Penrith really attacked the guts of the Sharks last week. So Blake Braley did have to do a lot of work. Um, just the one missed tackle and hence the high high point output. But just remember, perhaps this week it won't be too bad because the Rabbitohs also like to play up the centre, but not every team is going to play up the centre and Blake Braley does tend to fluctuate in points. So while he has looked good, I still think Harry Grant's probably the better option. I think he's a much better player. And, uh, you know, if you're not getting Harry Grant, you're probably looking at Damian Cook or Reese Robson. Blake Braley's probably number four or five in your tier list. Might not be the worst sidestep from Reed Marnie. I'm not sure what Blake's at at the moment. Uh, Blake um, is at 648, so yeah, it is... So it's for 20K, you could do it. Yeah. Um, it just depends if you're a Reed Marnie, but I'd, I, I believe... I, I would still say Reed Marnie's probably a slightly better player than Blake, but certainly not a terrible pod. No, he's not. The uh, and the fact that, that, yeah, he's... The issue that I've got here is that, yeah, he's he's very been very low on attacking stats this year, uh, Blake, but he has been pretty consistent too, so... 
yeah, choice is yours. Uh, look, I'm going to really quickly rip through this, which is Cam Murray, 67 points, 59 break even, played huge minutes, two missed tackles, 47 made tackles, uh, 80-odd running metres. Look, if this guy gets a try, he'll get 80. you got to buy him. So find a way to work Cam Murray into your team and that butcher. Like if you've got some options there, at least pencil him in for your head-to-head final so that's where you're at. Because he his baseline is just phenomenal. So that's him. And look, Damien Cook, I think he's proved this year. He's pretty much captaincy material just about every week, Damien Cook. Uh, yep. So there's there's not really much more to say there. Like if you're captaincy material, you want him in your team. Uh, what, last five averages, 71.2. Wow. Yeah, pretty filthy. Uh, and uh, it's got uh, to try him this year. Yeah, it's vintage Damien Cook this year. So... Certainly, if you're able to bring him in, look to bring him in. We, we've been saying that all year, really. We have been, but I guess now that we're getting close to the head-to-head, it's one of those ones, if you're playing Reed Marnie for 35, and then you know, you got uh, Cookie coming in for 64 versus the Storm, it's pretty filthy. Yep. Yeah, it's not good. Nope. Uh, yeah, you've got to make it everywhere else. Uh, okay, look, Mitch, what have you got? Uh, mate, so I've got the Rabbits by... Oh, yeah, look, I reckon they'll miss Dale Finucane here. Look, yep, I'm, I'm guessing it's a member of the Sharky, so I'll, I'll give them uh, by two. It'll be close. It but is. I think Latrell, mate, I, he does another game like that. He'll, he'll, he'll be nine Dally M points in three weeks. He will be. Uh, yeah, I'm actually with a Saturday for Sydney. I'm just having a look now. No, nah, there's no even rain. I was like, if it's a real howler out there. Right, it could turn into one of like one of those really weird games as it does can sometimes at Shark Park, but yeah, yep. it looks like a nice day. Moving on, uh, make sure you get out to that game if you're down south. Last game, uh, Suncorp, Broncos versus Tigers. Ah, uh, this is going to get pretty ugly, guys. Quite possibly. Uh, look, Selwyn Cobo, unfortunately for those of you who held him, remains sidelined after that nasty concussion in Origin. Uh, Origin 3. Mitch, how concerned should we be about the fact that he's not back after three weeks? Not ridiculously. It's more repeated concussions that give me concern. Uh, not one or two really bad ones. It's when you see knocks like Kalen Ponger's weird, that shouldn't be a concussion, but is that you have cause to be worried. Excellent. Okay, and if you own Selwyn Cobbo, how would you feel? Uh, sell time? He should have sold him weeks ago, so yep. Yep, definitely. Okay, cool. Uh, look, other big news for this team, Billy Walters' hip. Uh, so see Jake Turpin, enjoy the Dolphins. DeLuise Huter replaces Jordan Pereira on the wing, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Dean Marino debuts at centre, pushing Renko Lee to the reserves. I think they're just trialling out some players, I'll be honest with you. Yep. Uh, T. Murray Martin possibly back this week too. Tigers team, what's happening, Mitch? So for the Tigers, we have Alex Seafarth coming into the back row for Luke Garner. Uh, Austin Diaz joining the bench. And Brett Kamali will return to the coaching ranks after his COVID stint out. Yep. And look, this one's real quick. There's not too many players that we want to look at here. Uh, I've only got one, Adam Dewey. Look, he got a 34. He missed three goals, could have won them the game. Uh, he's still a buy though. Like, it's just given everyone an extra week to go and get him in. He's an absolute stud. No brainer. Yep, that's it. He's still the best player in that team. Everyone has a bad week. Um, Mitch, who have you got? Uh, Mate, I've got Adam Reynolds. So 
He's dropped down to 697k. He had a big 83-point game against the Eels. As we sort of said uh, week before last, it was going to be a week or so before he got back into it. He is now back into it. I've seen my date. If I was looking to buy Adam Reynolds, I would do it this week. It's now or never. Would you pick him or Cam Munster for your finals one? Adam Reynolds. He there you go. All the milkshake, and he's on a much healthier team. He Absolute no-brainer. What are your thoughts there, mate? Uh, mate, well, as a, I agree with you, and I am Cam Munster. So, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping oh, that Adam Reynolds no. would drop some coin. Look, and you could get both. Oh, yeah, that's it. But, you know, he didn't. He actually went up a bit last week. So he gained Gross. 20K. Yeah, filthy. Um, oh, sorry, not 12K. Uh, anyway, moving on. Payne Haas. What are we thinking? Uh, so Payne Haas, look, best game since round one. Absolutely dominant. 83 with a nice try. Nine tackle bus and 225 metres. I would be expecting a similar game against a Tigers team that had its heart ripped out against the Cowboys up in North Queensland. The thing with Payne Haas is we were really worried about uh, a potential shoulder surgery post-season. It looks to be that, as I sort of said uh, three weeks ago, that the AC was more what was plaguing him and having that couple of weeks off around that origin period coupled with a slightly lighter game the week before last has allowed Payne to come back to full Payne Haas. I would be thinking, certainly moving into the finals as the Broncos top push for a top two spot potentially that he'll be looking to play maximum minutes and it seems that with the rotation with Paddy Carrigan that Haas is going to get the nod for those extra big minutes so Payne Haas sort of as a differential between David Fafida I would say Haas is the more consistent Fafida's got the bigger ceiling so if you're looking to be a bit risky you'd go David Fafida but if you're looking for consistency my suspicion would be Payne Haas's AC joint is 90 to 95% better um, still a question mark over what shoulder surgery they're going to do later in the year, but I think he's as good as he's going to be, or at least he will be from this week going forward. Awesome. All right, and that's pretty much it, unfortunately. There's not, not a lot of meat left on the bone in these teams. No. Uh, look, I'm still holding Paddy Carrigan because uh, he looked good last week and just came back in the second part where they weren't doing much. But um, like the heels were pretty much shot by that time. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the only other player worth owning. Uh, who've who have got you gotten by? Oh, mate, I've got the Broncos by 30. I think unless the Tigers get their two points from the Cowboys game, there's no soul left in this team. It's pretty sad. That's it. Oh, look, I, I've... Yeah, yeah, sounds about right, mate. I, I reckon 24. So, yeah, big week for the Broncos. Get out to Suncorp. All right, and then we get to Sunday. And we come to the Pongolus Knights versus the slowly improving Bulldogs. They so, have an attack, mate. They How's do. How's Bazfield, do you reckon? Mate, oh. Baz uh, is an attacking genius, isn't he? Yeah. Where was he commentating <laughs> the other day? He was commentating on Triple N, and, uh, and you can see he's, he's a little bit flat at the moment. Like, I think he's, he's still... I feel bad PTSD. for him. He, if all reports are he's a great dude. Why do you think all those uh, Panthers, boy followed, Panthers boys followed him out to the dogs? He, I think he's a good player manager. He's just not good with the little things. That's it. And obviously just he didn't get the right assistance to go and help him do that stuff right. That's what makes a good coach though, man. That's why, you know, I'd love to see him as an assistant coach at St. George, but maybe leave the, the managing of the entire team to other people. Hmm. All right. Well, look, let's... Speaking of the Bulldogs, mate, what's happening with the Bulldogs, Mitch? 
So the Bulldogs, Jake Avarillo returns from COVID uh, protocols with Declan Casey dropping to the reserves. Corey Riddell has been named despite being an absolute flog. Uh, RFM is out with a rib injury and Josh Jackson is switching to uh, lock. Yeah, let, let, let me just come to that now for Corey Riddell. Uh, nope, still before the court. You know, the, the judiciary. Yep. All right, and look, the Knights team, Kalen Pong is out with concussion, Tex Hoy's in, Lachlan Fitzgibbon is out, Brody Jones at lock, Mitch Barnett, second row. Uh, Matt Croker rejoins the 17, Kurt Mann and Dom Young are hanging around in the reserves. So they look like they'll probably come in, which hopefully gets Yeats, Phoenix, Crosland, and what? Who else would you take out? Uh, and Heimel Hunt out of the team. All right. Uh, only a couple of players to talk about here. Uh, Max King, I've got him as a hold uh, yep. for all the players. Like another 54 last week. Still no sign Luke Thompson, which means either that concussion was bad or there is something else going on there, which they're not telling us, which means... Probably Max- a little bit of both. And Max King's a stud. Just keep playing Max King, Bulldogs coaches. He looks awesome. That's it. Like, okay, yes, if you can get off to Payne Haas, get off to Payne Haas. But otherwise, if you got him, leave him alone. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, one for you, Mitch, a question. So 39 points, 51 break even. He's 544K for Tyson Frizzell. So he's, what, almost 200K down on where he started. He did okay in a thrash team, but still carrying that rib injury. What do you think about Tyson Frizzell, Mitch? Look, his ribs will come good. We've seen that with Adam Reynolds. We're going to see it with other players who are carrying similar injuries at the moment. But it really is a painful injury, Stu. You, they do not want to engage the line at full tilt with that injury. And players know that they have it. So they're going to aim it at them. I think Tyson's going to be down for at least another week, probably too. Nat Butch is at the same price. If you've got the trades, get off Tyson. He's on a dud team. Nat Butch is on a good team. And we know that those ribs are going to be bad for at least one, possibly two more weeks. Excellent. Okay, sorry for all you guys who uh, tried to get on the Tyson pod. Uh, all right, Matty Burton, what do we think of Mitch? He looks awesome. Uh, probably the best call of the year, Stu, um, from you telling me to keep him. That saved me a lot of points and a lot of grief. Uh, I just hope the Bulldogs can hang on to him because he's a really spicy uh, pod captaincy choice. Um, I'm tempted as someone who needs to make up a bit of territory to make him my uh, pod captain because I'd love to see the dogs thrash the Knights and get a bit of revenge from Magic Round. That's it. Uh, yeah, what no, are you it's... thinking, mate? Would, would you be keen on putting Matt Burton as your... Yeah, I, I, I look, I had him as pod captain last week. I went with Cleary just to stick with the pack. But, um, mate, I sh- should have played him because there was 40 points there. Yep. Or, or at least 20, you know, on the differential. So, uh, look... Uh, I'd be tempted this week because the Knights, they do not look good. Nope, not at all. They've, like... They look ready to capitulate, to be honest with you. Yep, and look, Kurt Mann returning from injury will stiffen them up a little bit, but he's still busted. And Uh, remembering that um, Penrith are playing uh, the Eels, who play tight. They'll play tough against them. So I'm just currently now switching Matt Burton to captain, so I can't whinge about it on the group chat saying I forgot... That's true. Uh, yeah, look, Teddy's another good call, but look, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, I would not complain about anyone captaining Matt Burton this week. The meat pie he got last week, he looked very good. Yep. Um, all right, so, look, I've got the Bulldogs win this one by 14. Mitch? I've got the Dogs of War by 24. I hope they thrash them. Look, if they do, 
Okay, look, there's no, there's no chance to make the final. So you got the Dragons on 20 points at in 11th, and you got the Bulldogs in 12th on 12th. So, yeah, the Bulldogs, they can win every game for the rest of the year. They're not getting there. But at least, you know, they, they could certainly get close to our preseason expectations of them. I think they're looking for what we hope they look for, which is sort of uh, not a bottom four side anymore. Look, this isn't the first time we saw this. We saw under uh, Coach Diamond, I think it was two years ago, that they surged nearly made the top eight. What I really want to see from the Dogs is a consistent performance for an entire season. I'd love to see the Dogs of War come back and put the herd on some teams. And I think next year they will have the squad to do it. And with Cameron Cerrillo, they might have the coach. That's true. Assuming he makes it. Um, awesome. Okay. Last game of the weekend. Uh, go mow your lawn, 4 p.m. Dragons versus Cowboys. Uh, it isn't, no, it isn't Netstrata, though, so it could be worth I'll be it. out there, mate, so I won't be mowing low lawn. Fair enough. Uh, look, so news this week, uh, Cody Rams is out, replaced by Moses Mbai at fullback. Jack Bird, and I guess, you know, glad if you don't own him because he's back at centre. Tarek Sims at lock. Oh, Aaron Woods. No. Aaron Woods is back on the bench. So why he's there and Michael Molo is not, I do not know. Uh, it's just... This is why Hook has to go, mate. Michael Molo's the future. The season's done and you're playing Sharon Woods. That's it. It's pretty frustrating as a fan, isn't it? Like, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you're not oh, exactly gosh. fearing him because he's even put away the offload, Aaron Woods. So you just got to slow move forward and then back into the defense. Yep. All right. Uh, Cowboy squad, what's happening with that, Mitch? Uh, Todd Payton stuck with the same 17 with Ruben Cotter still out due to his hamstring injury. Yeah, but he's lurking around there at number 20, so he could be back this week, maybe even off the bench. So, yeah, I guess let's start with Ruben Cotter, mate. Uh, 758K. What are we yep. thinking about him and the hamstring? Look, as we said uh, a number of weeks ago, that high-grade hamstring injury is really tough to come back from, particularly for a big worker like Ruben Cotter. I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton did play him against St. George, who are crap. Um, what I would anticipate is that he'll be playing reduced minutes, so we might only see him for 20, 25 minutes just to try and get him a bit of match fitness. Uh, and then most likely, if he does play this weekend, you could probably double that number up to 50, maybe 55. And then the week after that, he'd play 80 minutes. So when we factor in the reduction in points and the instability of that break even, we're probably looking, Stu, assuming he plays this week, so it wouldn't be this week, next week, the week after. Probably four weeks from now, you'd be looking to pick up Ruben uh, just from a workload perspective because he is a workhorse in the middle. He's that 80-minute style player for him to make the sort of points you need him to to be worthwhile. I'd be thinking three to four weeks for Ruben. I can't see him just coming out of the blocks and being the same dude he was before yeah. that hamstring injury. And what's his break even there, mate? It's what, a 48? 48, mate. Ooh. So it's low at the moment, but I'd be astonished if he played more than 30 minutes if he played at all this week. Mm. And I think it'd be a good option to play him, certainly if I had anything to do with it. If he was 50-50, I wouldn't mind playing him against a Dragons forward pack that includes Aaron Woods, um, and Tarek Sims, um, you know, pretty soft. Yep, gotcha. All right, so, okay, so stay away from the buying because I know a few people might want to be jumping on with those extra trades, but, yeah, avoid. And, look, I've, I'm struggling with the Dragons team to find, find guys that are relevant, so I've gone to the Cowboys. So, look, Scotty Drinkwater, <laughs> disappointing 23. So, real watch and wait this week unless you've got a trade down option like Dewey. Uh, he's also DPP. Uh, possibility points against the Soft Dragons team if he doesn't drop the ball again this week like he did last week. Um, 
I think he only got hooked for the hammer because he just he just had a few too many mistakes in him. Yep, uh, just one of those games. Yeah, happens. Uh, so he'll bounce back, but just have a watch this week. Uh, Jason Tamalolo. Uh, this one I've got a real thoughts about. So 47 points, 48 break even. He's been dotted a couple of times lately with decisions, you know, missed tries, but he hasn't hit the 50 plus since round 14. And that's the last time they played the Dragons. And he's 74 minutes to do it. I think they had some injuries that game. Yep. So... I guess are we looking to sell are we looking to final date with Tal Malolo what, what are we thinking about him Mitch because like it really depends 47 if you have isn't really team. not final team stuff is it it isn't uh, it is bench stuff though if, if you're if you're desperate I mean I can't move on from him. I just don't have the trades or the cash at the moment but I agree with you 47 points isn't good enough and exactly as you said before that I, I can't see him getting significantly higher numbers of points in that interim period so I think you need to make plans to look off Lolo or move off Lolo that said don't do it this week this Dragons team uh, is super soft in the middle they're tailor made for Lolo to have a few tackle busts and a bit more involvement um, just wait this week because at a 48 break even you might pick up a bit of cash this week and you can look to jump onto someone else uh, next week but I, I certainly do agree that we need to look to get away from Jason Talmalolo Yep, the only guy I'd say you can move off to pretty safely was Nat Butcher, DPP time. Yep. So, but yeah, that's a real option out there. Uh, look, that's it. There's there's not much meat left on the bone here. Look, Val Holmes is a bit of a pod. Um, like, he got a 76 last week. He's still kicking goals, a bunch of them, because uh, there's plenty of points in this Cowboys team. Jeremiah Nanai keeps on going stride to stride as an edge rep. If you didn't sell him, you'd just been laughing this season. Uh along with Max King. Uh, Reese Robson has been performing really well as well, 68 last week. So, but yeah, Val Holmes, he does see, sit out as like one of those spicy options for me because we do love goal kickers, don't we, Mitch? Yep. Goal kickers are the way to go. Uh, it's one of Nick's favorite strategies. If you look at his team, it's full of them. That's it. So, uh, yeah, just a bit of an option there if you don't have Joey Manu money. Uh, all right. So, look, I have... Look, I've got the Cowboys winning this one by 12. I've only got them by 12 because they actually did not look amazing versus the Tigers, I'll be honest with you. So no, I don't know. They, they didn't look like second, mate. I think it's a real test uh, for Todd Payton's captaincy, or captaincy, rather, he's coaching, uh, because if he can find a way for the Cowboys to beat St. George by 20-plus, which they really should because... If we said St. George had a good matchup against Manly, the Cowboys are the complete opposite of that. They should towel them. Uh, if, if the St. George keep this within 10, I would be worried if I was a Cowboys fan. So I'm going to go Cowboys by uh, 18. It's meant to be dry and sunny on Sunday, but I could easily see them winning by only 10. Yeah. All right. So look, that's the end of uh, that's the last game. So, look, captain this week, I've got a couple of options here. I'm either thinking uh, Tedesco or Burton. So, Teddy versus a uh, very soft uh, manly side through the middle there. So, 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 they're missing a fair bit of squad. Or uh, Burton versus... Who was Burton versus? Uh, the Knights. The Knights. Yeah, so I know I'll, I'll be thinking about one of those two. How about yourself, Mitch? Mate, I'm going to go Matt Burton. I'm rolling the dice. I love what I've seen from him probably the last six to eight weeks. I think he's looked fantastic. Uh, and the dogs need to find a way to hold on to him. 
That's it. And look, you can always stick your captaincy in Cleary. That's why you got him. If, if you don't like stress in your life, you yep. know that his base, you know, is somewhere high 50s to low 80s, yep. depending on how what sort of a day he's having. And Cookie is obviously the other one there, sort of 60s, 70s. So options there. Uh, look, trades for you this week, Mitch. You making any? Yeah, I've made both of them. I've moved uh, Josh Jackson into... David Fafita, although I'm actually thinking of maybe instead turning Jason Taumalolo into David Fafita. I haven't quite decided on that. And I'm definitely turning Caelan Ponga into Nat Butcher. So I just need to work out if it's uh, Lolo or Jackson. And given Jackson's move back to the lock, it probably will be Lolo. But perhaps I should hold my hold my uh, shot here because there's every chance that um, Jason Tamalolo will have a day against St. George, who, as I said, are very slow and soft up the middle. So maybe I'll wait till next week and, and possibly do Haas. True. That could work for you. Um, for me, I'm, oh, I'm 75% certain that I'll pull the trigger on this one, uh, which is... Hold on, let me get to it. I don't want to lie to everyone at home. Oh, look, I'm thinking about selling Jason Tamalolo and Adam Elliott, who, look, I think has been a great servant this year, but I'm going to sell Jason Tamalolo to Nat Butcher and yep. and and then Adam Elliott goes to Cam Murray. Yep, I and like it. Yeah, just call it a day. So he gets me the money that I need there because uh, I reckon there's probably a 10, 5 to 10 point difference, uh, Cam Murray over Adam Elliott and Nat Butcher and Lolo. If I got the same out of them, I'd be happy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a no-lose situation, isn't it, really? That's it. Well, now, now that Nat's got uh, that 80-minute role with Tupanese ACL. He's an absolute fantasy stud and has demonstrated it many, many times when he gets 80 minutes. That's it. Uh, all right. So, we had uh, a few questions out this week. Let, let me just open them up. All right. So, from the NRL Fantasy Talk Forum, we've got a few questions. So, Mitch, how about you answer this one? Uh, thinking of Isaiah Papali and Haas and moving on, uh, Reid Marnie and maybe Tamalola or Moses? No-brainer. Yep, that seems straight upgrade territory for me. Yep, that's that's like a super upgrade. Do it. <laughs> now. Pull the trigger. Don't listen to the podcast. Just do it. Yeah, Nathan. Uh, Nathan Affleck, if you're at home, go do it. Uh, thoughts on Mbuyers at 220k cash out is his second question. Uh, now that we yeah, I don't, ha- I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate it given that Ramsey will be out four to six. I, I, I cannot see him. If it is, in fact, a grade two MCL, I cannot see him coming back. And Mbuyers has been picking up 20 to 30 point games. I like it. I think for that price, that's not too bad. That's it. Uh... With uh, Matty Gilbert asks, with Manu back at centres, is it a sideways move to bring in Teddy to stiffen up wing fullback? Or he has Burton and Aiken for centre coverage, uh, Mitchell and May at wing fullback. What are your thoughts on that, mate? It's risky, but look, uh, uh, it's less risky. You, it's just, if you've got heaps of trades, you can do it. Because uh, I reckon Teddy will outscore Manu while they're at those positions. But um, look, obviously, you know, if in two weeks' time Kiri or uh, Sam Walker do get busted and Manu's back at centre, then all bets are off, right? Yep, I agree. Manu has demonstrated that he is absolutely... I tell you what, if for whatever reason uh, Kiri is... Um, I'd love to see Manu finish out the season at centre and, and drop in price because were they to move on from Kiri and Manu to get named at 5'8", next year he'd be probably my first pick. 
after um, Brandon Smith and uh, uh, there was another one we were going to Josh pick Huster. up, probably Adam Dewey and, and Josh Schuster. So he's a freak in the middle. The more he touches the ball, he's a, he's, he's got, he has the potential to be an absolute fantasy god. Mm. Excellent. Uh, Brenton Vickery says, should I trade Saab to Booth if you have only four trades left? No. Yep. That's it. Save him. Five There's games, four trades. What do you do? Yep. Uh, which cash out this week is the best chance of ongoing game time? So you've got Embi, uh, Mariner. I don't know which Mariner we're talking about here. Uh, or Silica Fafita. Oh, I'd say Embi at the moment with the Ramsey injury. Yeah, that's for sure for me. Oh, this is uh, Dean Mariner. They're talking about the new winger for the Broncos. So yeah, no, mate. I Cobbo's going to come I- back. And from a points perspective, I think Embi's probably got more points in him. So I'd go Embi. He, he, he can crack out points. Remember, he doesn't just play fullback. He plays utility. He plays in hooker. And he's an overall stud. He just hasn't really figured out what position he's best at. That's it. Yeah, I think his greatest his greatest downfall has been the fact that he's good, quite good at a lot of areas. Yep, agreed. And, and the fact that the Dragons somehow, after all this money ball, only have one hooker on the books. Oh, we won't go there. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go to the next set of questions. So, Nope, nope, nope. Uh, so, Rich Martin. Uh, okay, so, hold, hold on. Let, let me just let me just make sure I grab everyone. Uh, Rich, uh, Rich Martin only had Marnie as hooker. I hate it and hate him. That's great. Training for Grant and either keep Savage or bring in one of Suwali, Egan Butcher or Staggs or keep money and cash down someone else to pick up Aaron Clark. Oh, I hate that. Get Grant. Yeah, go get Grant, mate. Uh, just call it a day. But go get a second hooker. Yep. That's uh, how. Another a potential option when he comes back, if you can, is Brandon Smith, who looked to be on the rise with minutes and uh, points before he called... Uh, the referee cheating bastard. That's it. Could get him in a week or two. But I go get Grant now and then yep. work out who you're going get, to get a second hooker soon. Yep. Uh, what to do with Ponga, Michael Lauren? Zelp. Uh, got plenty of win fullback cover playing head-to-head. No need to win this week. Trade out someone to wait a week. Yep. Go, uh, go Ponga to Nat Butcher. That's what I did. Yep. That's it. Find a bit of cash. Go do that. Uh, now, there's one more that I think I'm looking for over here. Uh, sorry, I'm just making sure because there's one guy who I promised. Uh, oh, our good friend, John O'Taylor. Uh, conflicted between trading at Tamalolo or Max King for Cam Murray. Thoughts? Uh, Tamalolo. Yeah. And you can do that this week for Cameron Murray. You can do that whenever the hell you like because he's a stud. That's it. Cam Murray's all week, every week. Uh, Max, Max King's probably got the slightly lower ceiling, but he's a he's a tackling machine. He'll get 50 every week. Lolo is at the mercy of Peyton cutting his minutes. That's it. Uh, and John, who finishes off, love the podcast. Looking forward to it every week. Well, mate, I love that your standards are so low, but we do really appreciate the support. <laughs> we definitely do. <laughs> All right. Look, that's the last of the questions. I'm almost certain. I'll just, just check the last one make sure that we've got no insta friends who've come out of the woodwork uh no so just a couple of trade ones that i'll uh people have sent us direct i'll just get back to there so anyway mitch 
Uh, any final thoughts from you this week? Mate, I'd just like to thank the boys because that's how we get it done every week. And as always, I've left it all out there on the field. Fair enough. I've uh, I probably left a fair bit of it in the uh, Facebook chat because I didn't manage to copy the comments in. But, uh, mate, <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for at home for listening. Thank you, Mitch, for your expertise as always. Yep. Uh, and Thanks for the questions, guys. That... Uh, the more questions we have, the more interesting it gets. I, I think it stimulates a lot of conversation. So it's good to see you guys are thinking about and, and sending them through. That's Particularly it. Particularly at this point in the season, right? I thought we wouldn't have any today. I, I figured when I looked at the, the run sheet, there were no questions there. I go, geez, it's getting rough now. Well, and I only chucked this up, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? Like, I've had a couple of busy days at work, right? And, you know, people have been calling in sick, so I've just been covering. I only got it out at 6.15. We got a ton just from there. So, look, thank you guys for... Yeah. yeah being keen it, and it, it keeps us doing it right that's it exactly if no one was listening we wouldn't care so thank you everyone at home for subscribing listening commenting liking the post all the rest because it just continues to encourage us because we only do it for the I know what the dopamine <laughs> I mean I have to say I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast till the games had started but it, it helps me with my own direction so outside of people listening I, I think it does help me make decisions throughout the week but it is great to know that people actually listen and, and hopefully occasionally take our advice and, and most importantly know when, when not to take it <laughs> that's true well look I do apologise for anyone out there who was absolutely relying on the extra points that Latrell got last week over Dewey I think he only got 12 more I still think Dewey will outscore Latrell this season though I could be wrong yeah, I think you might be wrong on that one, dude. I, I'd take a sandwich on that. Yeah, okay. For, from this week? Yep. Okay, yep, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I'm two sandwiches down at the moment. I've got to make them back. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds good. But we'll have to have a uh, some sort of sandwich swap meet at the end of the year. Oh, at Huxley's. I'll just keep feeding them to you till you chund them all up. <laughs> That's it, mate. I don't need to get any fatter. Anyway, all good. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, everyone at home. Uh, This is the Boom or Bust NRL podcast signing out.